Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Cavaliers. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hi, I'm Chris Manning from Locked On Cavaliers. I'm Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers. So, Anthony, um, we're going to clearly talk about, you know, the most important player between these two teams. That's Chetty Osman. Um, uh-huh. Just killing it at Eurobasket. You know, just there's a rivalry going on with these teams because of the Europlays. No, we're talking about the Where'd, that, teams. where'd that H come from? The Chetty? I just, I've heard it was told it's pronounced that way. It's just the, the phonetic, oh. the phonetic sound. The more oh you know. Now, now I need, now I need him to get paid, like paid in, in the NBA so that he can say it's all, I'm all about that Chetty. That's great. That's so the problem with his name then with that sound is there's the Cavs uh, had this hashtag that was like the last the last Chetty and it was like instead of like it it's a, it looks like it's the last Jetta but you just pre- replace this the J with the C but it like doesn't sound exactly how it should and it's a little bit upsetting. But yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a little bit little bit of a bummer cuz it's such a great hashtag and like a little play on words but um yeah. yeah, we're we're here obviously today to talk about a certain player the team he's currently on, and then the team that most people would assume he's headed to next year. And that's LeBron James, played for the Cavs. And a lot of people assume he would go to the Lakers next summer were he to leave Cleveland. Teams are in very interesting places. The Lakers, got Lonzo Ball, traded D'Angelo Russell, they have Luke Walton. They have a lot of other really good young players chasing those two max guys next summer. Magic Johnson just doesn't give a crap, but he got uh, to pay the tampering fine, which is which is just hilarious. Yeah, uh, I mean, your I would pay. I would pay the, I'd pay the, I mean, great on that. Like Indiana man mad about emails. It's incredible. <laughs> we would never. Uh, I I think all right. So you know that scene from uh, one of the Batman movies where you know Joker famously says, and everybody loses their minds. You know, mm-hmm. that's basically been the NBA this year. golden state got really 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 good and then everybody else in the nba either was like all right well screw it we can't compete against them or all right screw it we're gonna put every all of our chips on the table and try to compete against them and what that's kind of created this like enormous chasm where you know probably 85 percent of the teams kind of sit where they're just saying well i guess we'll just kind of ride this out and try to remain kind of competitive but at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. And the Lakers, <laughs> who are coming off of like the worst stretch in team history, are like, nope, we got this. We're getting LeBron. We're getting Paul George. We're getting Russell Westbrook. We got this, buddy. And they're tampering. They're doing whatever they can to get there. Uh, this offseason has been wild. It's been insane. And that's, and that's without even mentioning the, the point guard that you guys moved for a point guard who might not have a hip. Yeah, you know, and then like Chetty Osman, like to bring like his full circle, like had look, he was limping in a game on Thursday, and I was like, oh wow, like he hurt his hip too. That's not great. Um, Cavs just don't have any any luck with hips right now. But LeBron to LA, if he leaves, I'll just say this: I think that like I don't know this, like you know, like I have no actual like intel on this. That to me would just make the most sense. And I don't think there's, and I think like it would be the Lakers, not the Clippers. He said he wouldn't play for the Clippers. His best buddy is not there anymore. Harder to kind of shape the roster in the way he would want. And I was thinking about this, and the Lakers, like right as constructed right now, are not like dissimilar to what the Cavs were when, uh, when LeBron went back. So you'd have Lonzo's younger than Kyrie was when LeBron came back, but you have a, a young prodigal point guard who actually, and both guys actually have really, like, um, dads who are very involved in their lives. Maybe, like, Kyrie's dad's a little quieter, but, like, that's the same. Um, you have, 
young piece that you could move. You'd have the ability to go get another star to pair with LeBron and give him a core that could win now. And it just, like, maybe is a more flexible option for him in a couple different ways. I also just, like, need to say, like, I just can't imagine, A, he's made up his mind, and B, that, he, like, anyone right now can say this is how this is going to play out without knowing how things go for both teams this year. Because, like, if Lonzo Ball ends up being just, like, bad, like, I don't know if LeBron can go there. Or if Paul George is like, yeah, I'm going to, like, me and Russ are going to run this in, in OKC, or, like, some other, like, things happen, or the Cavs, like, win the title or something like that, and they have the flexibility to with that, that Nets pick to go get somebody else that LeBron want to play with. It's so complicated. It's just so hard to know, but it's like, I think we're going to talk about this all year. I think it's inevitable. I I think the only person who is flat out wrong in their analysis of the situation is anybody who says they know what LeBron is going to do or what Paul George is going to do or what hell DeMarcus Cousins is going to do. By the by, the end of the year, these guys—they're a full year away from one of the bigger decisions in their lives, and they have endlessly more options than the average worker. You know, so why would they have made their decision already? And for somebody like LeBron, who is a walking, talking economy, I mean, he—you know—every single day he wakes up and he probably, you know, he might feel differently every single day of the week, and. He should. It's perfectly within his right to. And and that's my only, you know, that kind of leads me into my point about the Lakers is that the only time I get kind of annoyed, um, whether it's on social media or on, in my writing or on these podcasts, is when I hear people laugh off the idea of LeBron coming to the Lakers. It, it, that makes no sense to do that. Like, why why try to die on that hill a full year in advance when... Like, nobody would have thought LeBron was going to Miami the first time around. Nobody would have thought after Dan Gilbert's letter that LeBron would go back to Cleveland. And then now, all of a sudden, we're saying, oh, yeah, we know this guy. <laughs> it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. And it's, and it, it, like, there are reasons to think he might not. Like, I can't, I, you know, him going to LA and, like, having to beat the Warriors in conference seems interesting, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I kind I kind of think so. The Warriors' point has come up a bunch, right? And I'll put it like this: for some reason, it isn't held against Michael Jordan that he didn't make it to the finals in those years that he didn't. Right? Everybody holds up the what was he six and zero? He was six and zero, right? So everybody holds up the six and zero but seems to ignore the fact that he had first round exits. He had conference finals exits and all of those things. And and I think at this point for LeBron, I don't think I don't, I mean, again, I'm not claiming to be inside his head, nor do I know anybody who might be, but if I'm LeBron, is it worse for my, for my career resume to lose in the Western conference finals uh, than it is to lose in the finals because all we keep on seeing is you know oh now LeBron's two and five oh now you know next year will be two and eight oh the year after that will be two and nine, eventually I wonder if he thinks to himself all right I'm going to change this up and see if the narrative changes if I don't have these finals losses continuing to notch on my belt. Yeah no and and I think LeBron is someone who also like he could again like the thing with LA is like. He could recruit other people to go there immediately. You know, immediately. Like, like they're like if he's gonna go there, it's probably because he's gonna get, um, Paul George or like Boogie or like if you know could do a thing somewhere like he he, someone that wants to get traded comes there, and it's someone like that he that he trusts and like wants to play with. You know, like that that's that is very very much possible. You know. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe a couple years from now, Kyrie's a free agent and he you know reunites with LeBron in, <laughs> in Los Angeles. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah, I mean why not? And like you know, I I gotta say like I don't know if you remember this, but like the the game Lonzo first wore like a pair of Nikes in summer league, mm-hmm. and LeBron put it on his Instagram. I was like, oh my god, here we go. Yeah, like here we go. Like this is gonna be this this is gonna be the year because like LeBron literally. Like, it didn't have to do that, and it's, like, so, like, it was just, like, like Lonzo in these, in, like, his shoe brand, and, like, it's just a very, very interesting thing. Um, with the Lakers this year, what are they? Like, what exactly are the 2017-18 Los Angeles Lakers with 
D'Angelo gone, with with Mozzie gone, with Brook Lopez in, and and all these young players, and Lonzo really now kind of as they're trying to frame him and like and tell me if I'm wrong, like as as the guy now for this team. Oh no, it's it's definitely. I mean, it's that's 100 percent the case that the Lakers until a LeBron or a Paul George or a Russell Westbrook or you know superstar insert superstar name here shows up the Lakers are 100% pushing Lonzo as the guy as the savior I mean Magic Johnson was asking him hey keep a couple records for me up there uh he, he was telling him that he can't wait to see Ball's number two jersey you know right there side by side with Magic Johnson you know you you don't put that kind of pressure on a kid and and look Magic Johnson is also maybe one of the most excitable people in the history of excitement really because you know i could see him going to mcdonald's and claiming that that's the greatest hamburger that he's ever eaten in the history of his life i he's just that kind of guy but you know what that leads to is a lot of lakers fans out there are thinking all right this is the guy that you know he's the anti-lonzo he's the pass first point guard he's the unselfish guy he's you know, he's a little bit more uh, well-kept together under the, the lights and the press conferences uh, that come with being a Laker. That's that's the idea here. You know, like it or not, <laughs> that's how that's going. But the Lakers this year, they're, they're literally a placeholder. Like, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is, I mean— 20 whatever million dollars 18 million dollars of a placeholder there's lebron's agent by the way that's yeah. a clutch guy that's a clutch guy i just want to like point that out like yeah he can be like hey uh you know how do you think everything's going with kcp by the way you talk to the Le- lebron talk to lebron lately how's what's up lebron liking things in cleveland right now uh, well you, you think the lakers will have paid you know you combine contavious caldwell pope's 18 million dollars and the five hundred thousand dollars they'll have paid 18 and a half million dollars to tamper this year so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, like that's a really, really like. I mean, Magic, Magic's like, I'll pay that five hundred k. You know, what I mean, oh yeah, Magic's a billionaire. Like he, he yeah. pays that for lunch, but he. So I, <laughs> really, good, I really, just really, really good steaks, like really expensive, like just really, really good lunches for Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah, he's not eating at Subway. He he buys actual Subway, but I, I think you know the the thing with these Lakers is. They are at the same time placeholders, and they are at the same time the best Laker team that they've had in five years. Like this is this. I was actually driving the other day, and I was thinking about Julius Randle and Lonzo Ball and the way they might play. Both of them being as smart offensively as they are, and I got a little excited. I, I got a little excited about you know we just we just joked about KCP, but. You know, he's probably the best shooting guard that the Lakers have had since, you know, Kobe before Kobe tore his Achilles. Like, that'll be fun to watch. Brooke Lopez is the best all-around player that the Lakers have had since Kobe tore his Achilles. So, uh, I, you know, I, I just think in general, there's a, there's a sense of excitement here in L.A. that has equal parts to do with the team that might be put together this year or that, that people will get to watch this year, but also the fact that you you literally cannot write off the the chances that a year ago from now we could be getting ready to watch a LeBron James Paul George positionless basketball that would be insanely fun to watch. How much pressure is on Lonzo Ball to be like good enough this year that he's enticing to not just LeBron but somebody else? I I think it's Lonzo's one thing because like. If I'm if I'm LeBron James, I I don't necessarily look at the point guard that I'm playing with and I'm like, all right, this guy has to be great, right? Because the ball's in my hands so often anyway that I'm just you know, can this guy hit an open jumper? Can I trust this guy to not you know to not be a net negative on the court with me? You know, Lonzo's one thing, but the guy that I really think that has kind of been swept under the rug is Brandon Ingram. I mean, he had a really disappointing year last year. You know, he kept he he picked things up at the very end there, but for the most part, the vast majority of his NBA career has been a lot of like, "Eesh, does this guy really have what it takes?" And uh, if you're if you're LeBron and if you're Paul George, those two by themselves isn't enough to compete not just with the Golden State Warriors, but in the Western Conference, in my opinion. And you need 
one of Lonzo Ball or Brandon Ingram to step up. And if Brandon Ingram is in his second year and he's just bad the way he was for four-fifths of his rookie season, then the Lakers are in kind of a, a, a tough spot here because at that point you can't even trade him for like we saw what uh d'angelo russell got right like he was a salary dump he was used to move timothy mozgov's contract and he was worlds better than brandon ingram was in his rookie year and you know i i, I think uh ingram playing the same position as those guys i think he's this year he's auditioning to stay in los angeles that's a very very interesting um, thing because it's like you're right. Like if if Lonzo's like bad this year, like what could you actually flip him for? You know, especially because it's at like the league's most saturated position. You know, and like Ingram, like if you were to have to deal like him for like another player just to like do what like if to create another spot for somebody, he would be the he would be like the guy you would probably deal because like Lonzo feels like this positional need. You have these two other forwards. Like you would want to be super modern, I think, with like Ingram, George, and LeBron, but. But he like has he to be, be like, able to he, stay on the court with those guys, right? That's and like he needs, one. yeah. And like you know, I like and LeBron and George are both guys that have shown public reluctance to be full time fours, much less mm-hmm. fives. Um, <laughs> and and Ingram definitely is not going to be the. <laughs> you look at you look at Paul George and you look at LeBron and then you look at Brandon Ingram and say, all right, can you play the four, Brandon? It'd just be, <laughs> be laughable. Yeah, can you go guard like Draymond and like you know David West and stuff? Like that's that's tough. Well, that's I, real, I, real tough. The thing that would be funny if this this whole, you know, if LeBron's career was to come full circle and he was to have Lee Jenkins write another article for him um, and he leaves Brandon Ingram out the way he left Andrew Wiggins out, (laughs) that's 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 the WWE slash NBA that that I'm looking for is that, you know, everybody starts read because, you know, that would immediately that would that would drive the news cycle. Uh, aside from the, oh my God, I can't believe LeBron James is a Laker, it's going to be, oh my God, I can't believe he's doing the same exact thing that he did in Cleveland. Yeah, that would, <laughs> it would be just like, oh my God, like we know what's coming. And then LeBron like, no, I just, you know, didn't know him or anything. I'm like, uh-huh, sure, sure. But, he'll, and then he'll uh, be traded for Kevin Love. And... <laughs> yeah, look, Kevin will get to go to LA where he can like hang out at UCLA. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great for everybody. Um, I, here's here's a question that that's maybe a little bit, Dumb, and I'm gonna admit this, but LeBron will be 33 next summer. He will have, in all, like in all likelihood, made another deep playoffs run, if not to to the finals. A lot of minutes, you know, not like that. Like you're wondering, it it just feels like every year we're wondering if this is the year LeBron actually slows. You know, um, is like if your Lakers are trying to fill two max slots, is LeBron actually like the guy? You know, aside from, like, his reputation, aside from, like, what he still will probably be until he's 35, 36, like, is there any, like, reason to think that, like, he shouldn't be the type of, like, max contract guy they're pursuing? Like, is he, like, and is he, like, like in addition to Alonzo, in addition to, like, that other max guy, is, is, as someone who, like, covers and thinks of the Lakers, like, is, like, going for a guy who is been a star with another team and isn't, like, your own developed guy, like, is there something different about that that is, that is sort of out of line with what they've really done the last couple of years. Well, I think the D'Angelo Russell trade signaled for me, and I'm, I'm about to get fined because I'm not allowed to talk about the D'Angelo Russell trade on my, on my own podcast, Te- but technically, technically this is a crossover. So like, <laughs> yeah, Harrison I, isn't I, here. He can't find Yeah. It. Harrison's not here. He, he, he has no domain over, over what you're saying about D'Angelo Russell. Uh, so I, I think the Russell trade though signaled, a move away from building in the draft. You know, I, I think from now on the Lakers and, and this is the this is kind of the irony of, of, of it all is that they fired Mitch Kupchak and they fired Jimmy Buss for, you know, trying to build through free agency and striking out time and time and time again. And then if they were to go back and use that same exact strategy and, and not get LeBron or not get Paul George or, or not get, you know, whatever max free agent is available this year and then try to, you know, roll that strategy back out there next year. Well, then what actually changed in this front office? Yeah, Nothing. well, I, you know, I think about Rob Polinka like, sometimes when I'm, like, reading, like, about, like, Asian stuff because he was in, like, this James Harden profile in, that Pablo Torre wrote, like, two, three years ago now. 
um, for ESPN. And like, there's a scene in that story where like James Harden's like sitting in a chair in Calabasas, and Rob, like Rob Plug was like bringing him grapes or something like that. It was just, it was just like, like Palinka's role here is like literally to, to like use some of that that sh- that sway he has, some of that like connection he has in that community, and like Magic being Magic Johnson, you know, like being this guy who is friendly and bubbly and like people that want to be with him, and like be like in his in his scope because it's it's freaking Magic Johnson. Like it seems like that's like a very interesting like you're 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 saying like that's a very interesting pivot from having guys who were gonna fire people because you could have gone the other direction and like hired just like a draft nick gm and hired like a spurs type gm where it's like they're just drafting and developing guys and like lonzo is like your plan for the next 10 years it's not like okay we're gonna like get lonzo now we're gonna try to keep this pick next year which is another interesting factor of this like if they keep that pick like the possibility of like flipping whoever they take for something else you know like turning it into like their own wigan situation oh i don't the Lakers don't have their first rounder this year. You're just assuming like they lose it because it's a two to five protection. Um, you're just I, kind of assuming it, it goes to it goes to Philly if it's if it's anything oh, so other it's like, than two to five. So oh so it's like no oh okay I thought they got it if it was like one or something. Yeah no that's my yeah I'm I'm being I'm being fake news but um <laughs> like I I think so the way the way I would kind of put it is um. The Lakers, there. I think one thing I this this theory that I've kind of gone back and forth about whether or not I'm I'm actually going to try to write about it or whatever. But here I go speaking about it on a, on a podcast. But I don't think the Lakers were ever really capable of building through the draft. I don't think their fan base is is uh, patient enough. I don't think they have frankly. I mean, since they had Kobe. Kobe was their their last big draft pick. Or they had Bynum, but like any time they've drafted somebody, it was to play alongside somebody who was who was already there. Like they drafted Magic, Kareem was there. They drafted James Worthy, Magic and Kareem were there. They drafted Kobe, Shaq was there. They drafted Bynum, Kobe uh, was already there. And legend, the legend Andrew Bynum, Cavs, <laughs> Cavs legend Andrew Bynum. My favorite one, of my my all time favorite Andrew Bynum photo is when he's at the Cavs game taking up two rows. <laughs> With two, was it one or two forties in 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 a hand? So I I so when he debuted with the Cavs the season he was with the team, I was in college and uh, I drove with one of my friends who's a Cavs fan and two of my other friends who were Nets fans mm-hmm. because they're playing the Brooklyn Nets. We drove from Athens, Ohio, which with people my pop might know is in the southeast corner of the state. Drove from there to Cleveland, which is like a four hour drive. Made it to the game. And like Andrew Bynum entering the game off the bench was one of the loudest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like inc- just he incredible. Couple, he had a couple of good games. Like I remember owning him in fantasy basketball for a little while, but he got hurt, and then yeah. he started firing threes in practice. Yeah, not not great. Not a not a great. Um, another like malcontent on the team's the well dang, and like just the who's also now just like eating up cap space in LA. Yeah, yeah, um, but but yeah, I think. The, to to finish off the point, I think the Lakers are they have Lonzo and they're going to do whatever they possibly can to pair Lonzo with some kind of superstar or somebody who they see as a superstar. That's why I I found it really interesting uh, with the Carmelo Anthony thing that you know the Lakers could just convince themselves, yeah, we're just gonna you know Carmelo's a former uh, you know Western Conference Finals player. He has you know, say what you will about what job he's done out there in New York, but he's carried a franchise in a large market. He might ease the burden there. I That's how I could have seen them framing, acquiring uh, Carmelo Anthony. And, and I kind of think that's how they look at, they're trying to frame Brooke Lopez is that, hey, he's not terrible. He's, you know, he's played in the NBA for a while. I think, I, I think he has an all-star under his belt and there Lonzo, there's your, there's your superstar to start until the actual superstars actually start showing up. Um, but, but I, I, again, the thing I come back to, it's like when, when the, when the Cavs had just Kyrie before LeBron came over, that was about as directionless as the organization felt, right? Yeah. I mean, the thing with the 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 post LeBron era, and I, and I've thought about this a lot this summer, just kind of anticipation of thinking about it all year. Um, 
So, like, they get Kyrie, and that wasn't even, like, their own draft pick. That was the Clippers pick they got in the Baron Davis-Mo Williams deal. So, like, they, that that was the, supposed to be, like, the ninth pick in the draft. They get lucky to get that pick. So, they followed up taking Kyrie, who had this really, really good rookie year, by taking Deion Waiters, who I, who I will love forever. Like, I love Deion Waiters. But, like, not, a, not like someone you think would fit with this ball-dominant point guard you're having in Kyrie, right? And then it's like you follow it up with Bennett, you follow it up with, you know, signing Jared Jack, with signing Earl Clark, with, with like, doing the Luol Deng trade. Like, with, with when, like, Spencer Hawes, Maurice Spate, CJ Miles, and Wayne Ellington are, like, the best, like, like non-draft moves you made. Like, that's a problem. And it's like you think about, like, this the Dion pick. Like, Harrison Barnes not only, like, would have fit a little bit better, but he's, like, someone that was, like, friend with Kyrie. Like, there, there's, like, these aspects of this that I just feel like they didn't con- consider. And it's like you got lucky. Like, LeBron was, like luck for you because it's like he allows you to get kevin love really like that that deal isn't like doable for them if they, without the commitment you know or at least the idea that it could be commitment um you know you're like Kyrie's going to be rudderless in a lot of ways and you know without without lebron it's like you gotta figure out the dion thing then you have you know like hey, would you've got gordon hayward that you know that summer because like, he was on he was me gonna meet with the Cavs, and there are all these like questions like but lebron just sort of like normalized your chaos you know and it's, like, one of the reasons why I think, like, that Nets pick really mattered to them is because it's, like, unless they know he's coming back, like, that gives them a chance to reboot with something with something special. And we'll see what else they would do around that. But, like, that's that's why they're doing that. That's why Chetty Ozman is someone I think they prioritized summer. And they were definitely rudderless. Like, I don't know if they were, like, as bad as, like, the, the peak of the Kings dysfunction, but it, it, it's close. And it, it could you could argue that it was worse, I think. Well, I, the, the reason I ask is because, like, right now for the Lakers, let's say they don't get LeBron. Right. Let's say they don't get Paul George, then this is as directionless as the Lakers have ever been, right? Because they just moved, arguably their best young player, their best known entity. Uh, they just moved him in a salary dump to free up space for a LeBron James. And if LeBron doesn't come, then what? You just say, "Whoop, sorry guys. You know, enjoy D'Angelo out there in in Brooklyn." You know, and and. Uh, again, I'm the guy who says that, you know, if I, if I had a gun to my head, I would probably say that LeBron leaves Cleveland and, and comes to Los Angeles. Um, and then I would quickly ask whoever to, had a gun to my head for such a really random reason to move that gun as soon as humanly possible. But I think for, for the Lakers, they, it's a huge gamble that they had. And fortunately for the Cavs back then, they didn't... They, did they do much? Like they didn't. That would have been like moving Kyrie back in the day to have space to sign LeBron, right? Like or or moving. No, Wiggins hadn't even played yet, so it would have been. It was like Tyler. Tyler Zeller was like the guy that they dumped, and um, there was like some like small stuff, but it wasn't like it wasn't super hard for them to create that room. Like it wasn't like you know Dang and Clark's like contracts were off the book, and Jack like I think Jack got moved and. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't like super difficult for them to create the room. It was just like the, the willingness to create it was sort of the thing. It's like the Zeller just kind of got dumped like immediately once they knew when they did a shot, but it's also like the one, the one guy in that deal. And then just sort of how they built the team then just sort of did kind of structure them in a way that was like, yeah, like we're kind of committed to this core. And, and like then until the summer you get like the little bit of breathing room, um, with the Kyrie thing, like, that gives you a little bit of flexibility and stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, like, they, they did, like, just, you kind of just go all in, and it's, like, I, th- I think one of the things with LeBron is, like, he values not just, like, what he's going to do the first year he signed to the team, but what it's going to look like the next three, four years, and he values, like, that future. He, look what he did, like, Miami was, like, the prime situation to maximize that, those three guys playing together. When it reached its its flexibility max and it was no longer like this elastic situation he leaves and cleveland like you could certainly argue like basically if they if this trade doesn't happen this summer and even then you know you wonder like how flexible it really is um even with some money coming off the books in the next year or two like you know like especially because of the warriors like i think that that matters here like the warriors are just going to be so good and probably so dominant again like, you're in a situation where it's, like, how flexible and elastic is the situation that gives him a chance to win this year, next year, the year after. And, like, well, if, I, if, I like that, if, if LA can offer him that, like, that, that that makes me think, like, if LA, if Alonzo has this rookie, it has this year where he's just phenomenal. 
and you have that cap space and you have the ability to be like, okay, who do you want to play with LeBron? Like what guy would you want to play? Is it, is it Paul George? Like, do you want us to offer a lot for Anthony Davis or something like that? Like, what do you, what do you want? If they can do that in a way that is better than what the Cavs will do this season, plus what that Nets pick could conceivably bring him, that is a really interesting like, thing. is like Because both will be sort of elastic, but if Alonzo and cap space is more appealing, and it's just like he wants to go play in L.A. because he feels like he's completed what he wants to do in Cleveland, like that to me like makes L.A. like, And I just don't think there's any other team that makes any sense, if we're being honest. It, it's, it's To me, it's Lakers or Cavs, and I just don't know. Other teams may get meetings. Nothing else makes sense to me. I've heard I've heard um, some people like mention the Spurs. I, I just don't see LeBron finishing his career in San Antonio. <laughs> he would love to play for Pop though. Like I like oh, that's yeah. just like a fact. Like he would love to play for Popovich. But like the, the the even like the money there is like a very interesting um, kind of thing there, you know. But like him and Kawhi. I mean, I guess like if Kawhi is enticing enough, you you flip the Marcus and get off Powell, and like I guess you have the money. But yeah, I can't really see. I can't really see him either. Just and some of that is narrative, right? Like some of that is LeBron is has these LA interests, and yeah, it allows him to sort of dabble in this life that you just you know functionally can't really win. I I think I wanted to one thing I, I meant to ask you on this podcast was that like. Is Cleveland ready for life with LeBron? Like, do you think they learned enough in the time? Because I, I really think LeBron, I, I called him a walking, talking economy before. And I really think, you know, I think he learned some stuff in Miami that he carried over to Cleveland. And then, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting. The first part of the first season he was there, he just let Kyrie go out and still do his one-on-one thing. And I think they lost a few games and he just said, look, man, I'm just letting this kid figure things out on his own. Um, and that was, I thought some, some, and I might have this timeline wrong by the way, but I thought that was really mature. And that's the kind of thing that an organization can kind of learn from is, all right, this is what it takes to win in the NBA. And this is what it takes to win, you know, in an NBA, even when you, you know, even when you have the best player in the NBA, arguably the best player that there's ever been, that there are still some great minds out there. And, and it's a, it can be really hard to keep up with some of these teams. Do you think Cleveland has has kind of solidified their future and moving forward if he leaves? I don't. I I almost lean no because I don't know if the Cavs like the Cavs. I think are being honest with themselves and prioritizing that Nets pick and just kind of like understanding that it's possible. My question ends up becoming. Like, are you really going to be honest with yourself about how you handled the first time? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, are you going to be honest with yourself and say, like, you, you messed up the draft. Like, you messed up free agency. Like, you really just got lucky to get out of this um, and to get to, to win a title and all these things. Like, if you're being honest with yourself, then, like, you got to start preparing now. And it, and I think there are signs that they do get it to an extent. Like, I think getting Zizich, um, you know, getting – the Brooklyn getting pick. the Nets pick, yeah. Getting Crowder as a potential football asset, you know, not and like prioritizing younger things, and you know, just having Chetty coming over and like saying like we're gonna pick him over Jamal Crawford if you want to like be, like just kind of trust a lot of the reporting on that. Um, that that indicates that they're like saying like yeah we're gonna try to win this year, but we're also gonna like say like look if you leave like we're not gonna have the 2010-11 season happen again. But I don't know if we can know that until like LeBron leaves and we see how they react. Yeah, I, I because agree. it's like because it's like they'll have a choice. They'll have a choice of do we keep this with Kevin Love and just kind of try to be a playoff team with young guys and Kevin Love and Crowder and maybe Isaiah, or do we just burn it and just say okay we're gonna like keep a couple of veterans around to just kind of keep things sort of stable, or like are we gonna like throw money at Isaiah to be a middle of the pack East team? and keep Kevin and just kind of like run this back? Or are we going to like try to like build around Chetty, Michael Porter and Zizich? Like, is that what you're going to like in that, that question is like to be answered. Cause it's like, it'll be very tempting for them. I think because Dan Gilbert wants to win and the East is weaker and all these things that we just know are true to like, let's say Isaiah plays in 65 games this year and is great. So you give him some kind of three year deal for a lot of money to keep the number one pick, pick somebody and go to next year with like, 
with Isaiah, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, and Michael Porter, Marvin Bagley, Luka Doncic, Chetty Osman, and Zizic as like your as your main seven or something along and Crowder, you know, like as like your eight, and just say like, we're going to be young and kind of just try to make the playoffs, or you could like say like we're going to just go full in on this youth and that that path. Because, like, once you pick one, it's almost like, I don't know if you, it's, I think it's really hard to switch. And I just wonder, like, how the, what they have learned from the first one of just being so poor. And I wonder if they'll be tempted to just, just not go that low again, even if it's for a, in a more structurally sound way. Like, they'll actually be able to build the base this time instead of just, like, like the, the wooden, just ending up in, a, in the right place on accident. I, do you think, who do you think they looked at as the more valuable asset? Or what do you think they looked at as the more valuable asset? Do you think it was Thomas or do you think it was the pick? Because I would, I would yeah, I would argue that it's the pick. And that's why I really don't think they move it this year. Like there's just I don't I don't either. Unless unless LeBron is like, I'm staying, I'm gonna wink wink you and say, I'm staying, let's go get so and so with this pick. That's how, the, like if they tra- if they if they trade it, it's because I really, really think and I talk to some people about this and like just my vibe on everything they've said. I think if they traded the pick, it would be an indication that they've gotten to come in with that LeBron's team. And I don't think they're getting that. So it makes me think they're going to like, at the very least they're going to run the pick through the drafts because if LeBron in, in July says I'm staying, you can still flip that guy then. Cause that guy will still have a lot of value. Cause I have not played a game yet. You know, like that, that can still be, an option for you like you could trade that guy later you don't have to deal with it right away so like i don't think they do either i think like in, if you're gonna rank like the what they got back i think it's the nets pick and then crowder and then thomas and then Cezic. and i think it's just if Th- thomas's hip is just like well if he plays like that's that's really good but i think like they're they're definitely focused on just having flexibility beyond this year yeah i and it's the right move they look kobe better <laughs> yeah kobe with the kobe with a y it took me. It took me thirty six minutes to to say Kobe better on on this podcast. That's a yeah. that's a record. We'll get a we'll get a legit muse cage dropping here at some point. Um. <laughs> um, I'm that's. How about from from a fan's perspective? Do you think? How do you think fans will respond to? I'm sure you've you've talked about this on your show before, but how do you think fans will respond to to LeBron leaving? I think it'll. I think it'll be more case by case. Um, I think like there's a lot of people that'll be very grateful that he won a title, but I think left people that are that are mad too because I think they'll, especially if he like, goes to LA and 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 or goes like to another like like just somewhere that's got like a different type of like reputation as a city. Like I think that'll that'll happen. But um, I mean, I also think he has cover. Like he won a title. You know, like he won the title that he ended the drought. So I almost wonder. If like that's cover enough, and we'll and we'll you know we'll find out, but I think like I don't think people it will not be as like bad as it was last time. Like if he leaves, like if he goes to LA, he's he's the reestablish himself as the most a most important player in franchise history, and I think, um, especially because I I don't think I think like the Kyrie situation has just like rubbed Kyrie has like made Kyrie rub off on people in a really really bad way, um, and I think like. Unless LeBron does decision 2.0, I don't think there will be anything that is quite that annoying to Cavs fans. Yeah, I, I, I would. It's almost, it's com, it's almost a blessing in disguise that that Kyrie, you know, and he he handled it about as well as you can possibly handle it, in my opinion. I mean, again, I'm not, I don't have access to as much stuff as most people do, or, or definitely you don't, or you do, and uh, I, I think. Kyrie kind of asking his way out of of Cleveland um, makes LeBron almost into like a pseudo victim, right? Where he says, "Look, guys, I, I tried," and then my you know running mate, running mate decided he was going to leave, and he put us in a situation where we didn't have leverage, and all we could get was like this five four version of my old running mate, and you know a draft pick who. The franchise is looking at as you know maybe the next piece after I leave, but but other than that, guys, you know I won you guys a title. Uh, I'll see you guys twice or once a year from here on out, and and I think I you know that was a lot of spin, but I couldn't. I I mean one thing I always I always lean with the player. <laughs> it's always it always comes down to look the uh, the Boston Celtics just traded Isaiah Thomas. After he played a day after 
uh, losing his sister. You know, I, I don't need to hear anything else about loyalty in this industry or, or in, in this uh, in this marketplace. And um, unfortunately, that means for some for, for fans, they left kind of they're left heartbroken because the guy that, you know, LeBron was seen as the savior of the city. Um, and now he's gone for the second time over. But at the end of the day, it's hard for me to really feel sorry for Cleveland fans who finally got to enjoy a title for the first time ever. Yeah, hundred percent right. Let's let's wrap it up in this last just kind of point here. What's he like? If you're, what is just so like we can lay this out on the table? What is the Lakers like next summer? What is their exact sales pitch for LeBron James? Well, it starts with. Look at these palm trees. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it all starts off the court. I think LeBron knows at this point, he's been in the game for long enough to understand what it takes to win. You know, that was the point I made earlier and how he dealt with Kyrie early on and, and dealt with the organization early on in his second stint there in Cleveland. He understands what it takes to win. Uh, they'll tell him, hey, you'll have the run of the franchise. Um, Magic is used to being a, a figurehead in the Dodgers organization. So, you know, if you want a say-so in the front office, we're perfectly happy with you doing that. Uh, They can't say, you know, specifically what would be available to LeBron in LA, but these are all things that he's thought of before. So really for for the Lakers, their biggest, their absolute top uh, free agency pitch is we we have spots for two guys. We have a spot for you and whoever you prefer. Russell Westbrook hasn't signed his extension. DeMarcus Cousins is going to be available because uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to sign an extension. Paul George um, is going to be available, and, and we already know plenty about Paul George's interest in Los Angeles. So they just say, <laughs> yeah, they, they just say, does he, want to, right. does he want to play there or something? I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't heard. You know, it, it's it's the wildest thing that you know the rumor mill just just keeps on spinning, and and poor Indiana is is they're still worried about them emails, um, but but you know for uh, LeBron, it's all about we got a spot for one guy here. We have Brandon Ingram, who you know maybe he plays well enough that we can move him, um, and maybe at that point. Uh, Clarkson's contract will be more palatable so they can say we can we can piece together Brandon Ingram and Jordan Clarkson and get you a third veteran so that you a superstar a veteran and then whatever we you know and Lonzo um, whatever we can build around you that's what we're moving forward with but but really like so much of this has to do with understanding what LeBron knows before he sits into that meeting as as anyone because he's probably going to be more informed about this stuff than everybody sitting in that room if you're if we're looking at this what type of year from the Cavs would make you think it's more likely that he stays I just like from your from your perspective like what kind of year for the Cavs makes it like makes you think like yeah this is the situation he might like be more likely to go back to he almost has to win a title because other than that, like he's just on this treadmill of running through the Eastern Conference and getting rolled by the Warriors, right? And, and it's not even like, like his it, fault he's losing the Warriors either. It's not like it's, you know what I mean? No, it's also yeah. just like the Warriors are just like insane. Unbelievable. They're the best team ever. And so like it, I'm not I'm not saying that disparagingly, but without change, progress is impossible, right? So if he just keeps on doing the same thing year in, year out, and he's fine with making all these title runs, then cool. Like, that's what he's, that's, I, I just don't think that's what he's interested in. And, and again, I go back to the point I made earlier as far as the weird math that people do where you're almost better off losing, losing in the Eastern Conference than losing in the finals. Uh, although, for some reason, I'm sure we'll bastardize that theory with LeBron because people just want to idolize and deify Michael Jordan a little bit longer. Yeah. The Jordan DD thing. I'm very curious to see how this all sort of plays out. Like, I think it's going to be one of the more interesting stories in the next year. It's, it's, you know, it's potential franchise defining in different ways. It adds potential wrinkles to a lot of different things, but as we record this, it's September. We had a season not started. So much is going to change. I think like the only thing I feel certain about saying about this whole thing 
is that like a we besides the fact that we kind of had to talk about it because it's it's real and just kind of worth getting into while before basketball actually comes back so much is going to change in the next year and we're going to learn so much in the next you know 10 months before he makes his decision 11 months whatever it is uh like we're just going to learn it's 10 months i think it's we're going to learn so much and so much is going to change that like what we see now like i think in some ways we'll like we'll have like been right but also i think feel like the context we're going to learn is going to like really cloud a lot of this i think do you think do if you had to lean one way i just had a gun to my head earlier in the podcast if you had a gun to your head which way would you lean and also we got to find whoever keeps pointing this gun at our head yeah violence is bad man like, it's yeah. just like you know like, <laughs> i would say i would say he stays just and here's why i think if you look at like what he still wants to do at this point I don't think he's ever going to give up on winning. You know, like, I, I think, like, like you know, like, Batman's just, like, always going to, like, f- like try to fight crime even if he's, like, 50 and, like, just, you know, like, bleeding everywhere. Like, that's just what he does. Like, LeBron James is not going to try to stop winning titles. And I think, like, if you look at, like, what he's going to, like, if, he, if you're talking about, like, getting to the finals and just having a chance, Cleveland's, I think, going to still be a better option for that a year from now. And, like, you know, like, a lot depends on what Isaiah is it going to be this year and, like, what Crowder is and you know, what that, what, how that Nets pick factors into this. And there's just questions I think they have to answer to kind of make that reality. But I think like in a year from now, as long as like Boston doesn't get Anthony Davis, like I think the Cavs are still going to have the, the biggest thing. Like, look, we're, we've run the East. We run the Eastern Conference with you. If you go to LA, you're going to have to try to beat the Warriors or end up on the right side of the bracket and hope someone takes them out. And like, are you really betting that's going to happen when they're still probably going to be at full strength, at least for another year? You know, um, like injuries happen and like that, like, again, like, like, Kevin, like, what if Steph Curry's ankles just go bad this year? Yeah. You know, like there's so much that's going to change and we Kevin just Durant don't know. Foot problems come back up. Yeah. Draymond Green, like who, you know, is like closer to 30 than I think we'd like to, you know, necessarily realize like, what if he just drops off athletically a little bit too much? You know, like what if that happens now sooner than we think it might? Um, these are like things that, that could happen and like there, there are things we don't know yet, but there are things that are going to be really important in come next year when LeBron James is is like weighing all of this. Yeah, I, again, I go back to what I said to start the podcast. It's the only person who I look at and you know laugh at are the people who are lining up to say one way or the other what LeBron is definitely going to or going or not going to do. Though that's the only way you look stupid. If we look back a year from now, <laughs> is is if you if you're strident in your uh, analysis and thinking that oh yeah LeBron's definitely going to Los Angeles oh yeah LeBron would never go to Los Angeles like you're you're just wrong you're just objectively wrong at this point yeah I I could not um, agree more Anthony man it's it's been a pleasure we're gonna definitely have to do this again once. Look, those, those Cavs-Lakers games this year, especially the one in L.A., where I'm sure LeVar Ball, who we got through this whole podcast, really, until my until I dumbly mentioned him now, like 50 minutes into this. that The games in, the one game in L.A., I think, is going to be just one of the, the, the most spectacle games of the year. I really, really just, like, I'm just waiting, waiting for, like, the spectacle of it. I, I can't wait for the first time LeBron just tweets out about Nike with Lonzo. <laughs> <laughs> Another Instagram gonna... photo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or just, you know, if he just tweets out something, you know, he has that mirror that he likes to take a picture of himself with. So if he takes that picture and he has, like, a big baller brand hat on, then we'll know what's up. Look, if he has a big baller brand hat on, like, we'll just call it a wrap. <laughs> like, I'll think of, like, that we, we have to I'll call it a wrap, not just for, well, not just for, like, what we think LeBron's going to do. We'd have to call it a wrap for Twitter. Cause it would yeah. be over, like that'd be it. Yeah, and, and like some certain other people will like tweet that day, and I'll just be like bad and was like, oh, why am I on this? But like if LeBron, if he like should have been a big, if he like walks into like the the Staples Center with like a big baller head on, I'll think of it. I'll think of his free agent decision like that Chappelle gif where he like sits at the table and he throws the water off and runs away because he's like doesn't want to answer the question. Yep. Like that's what I'll, I'll be like. Oh, this is this is what this is in 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 a, in a clip. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's what I'll think of it as. Yeah. Um, and the internet just won't be able to handle it. Like, literally, the internet they just won't even be able to handle. Like, anyone who, any, like, notable player who wears big, who wears big baller brand this year. Or, like, what if you think Rolls are wearing, like, a pair of, like, not even, like, the Lonzo's, Lonzo shoe, but, like, Lamello's shoe. And it's, like, a, like walks into the arena <laughs> in them. Yeah, he just all of a sudden becomes a huge UCLA fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think you know Bronny's really interested in them, and you know they just happen. I leave, I I actually really feel bad for the middle ball brother because like no one ever talks about him. Yeah, well, he's yeah he was like the there's another Manning brother right there's um yeah Cooper Cooper yeah and I love how all the Manning brothers make sure to say that he would have been the best quarterback of the yeah. three of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was like a wide, and even like when he, I think when he was in high school and like Peyton like was rising up, he got like moved to wide receiver or something like that. Yeah, because like Peyton was just better than him. <laughs> like there's yeah. a, they're just like yeah, yeah. Um, especially and it's like, but at least he's not like getting showing up in videos where like the VAR is just like screaming at him in the like AAU games or something. You know, at least that's not him. Like he's got that going for him at least. I yeah, I think eventually though, like he'll he'll kind of like where he wound up because I don't know how good Lamelo is going to be. So, Leangelo, like, if there's anything you'd you'd rather be, it's just, you know, quiet. Whereas you don't want to be loud and bad. And like, you're you, not going to show up on the—like, when we when they do the, the Ball family 30 for 30, like, either he, you're not, like, the, the raw clips. Yeah. Or, like, where your dad's, like, running shirtless at, at professional wrestlers on national TV. Or, like, on the—or, like, in the, any of the swagger, like, just with, with— Lamar, Lavar, like he hasn't been in any of the reality show promos that I've seen, so that's also a positive for him, I imagine. Oh yeah, Silver Screen covered those because, <laughs> of course, we did content hashtag content. Get them posts, those quotas, those quotas. But I, uh, this is this has been fun. Like I, I gotta be got around to doing this. We've been talking about doing this for a while, and it was like good to just kind of get into like a actual like thing that's going to define a lot of these two teams for the next year like it's just un- like whether it's good or bad like it's going to be something that we're going to have to just kind of think about in the back of our minds at the very least for another like 10 months oh i think it defines both organizations for the next like five years yeah realistically yeah. kind of does it really kind of does especially because like lebron's next move could be his last oh realistically yeah. we're at that point where that could be his last team God, it's realistic awesome. to wonder about that 33 year old lebron next summer just kind of that that kind of matters in this too. We didn't even like really talk about that. Oh, very much. oh, plenty of people with Kobe avatars love to point out how old LeBron is when we talk about him maybe coming to the Lakers. Like that's that's a thing in my mentions all the time. Muse Cage, baby, Muse Cage. <laughs> um, but uh, this has been Locked On Cavs, Locked On Lakers crossover. Uh, make sure you give both pods a five star rating, interview on iTunes, and make sure you check out anthony and harrison his ghost coverage over at silver screen and roll um and check out my coverage for this one but anthony man it's been a pleasure glad we got around to doing this anytime man let's do it again soon absolutely and this has been locked on Cavs and locked on lakers and we'll both talk to you again soon